Welcome to What You Reading, Dude. It's Jamie, Lauren, and Lisa. This is our time to catch up and share what we've been reading and inspired by, hoping to stir some deeper conversations. No one person has time to read every book or listen to everything, but we figure this is a good way to trade ideas, expand our horizons, and maybe inspire you as well. Just a reminder, this is for us, this is for fun, and we are not experts. Enjoy! Hey everyone, welcome back. Today, slash whenever you are listening to this (laughs) episode, we are having part two of our interview with our friend Blair. A part one was the week before this, so if you are interested in checking out part one, check out the feed. This should, it should be the episode directly before (laughs) this. If you are just coming in and have not listened to it, don't worry. You are not going to miss a beat. We divided up these two episodes because the conversation went in really different paths. (laughs) Took a pretty quick turn and we just ran with it. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy it. Give it a listen. Let us know. And if you are enjoying hearing a guest on our show or even would be interested in being a guest, Mm -hmm. Let us know. You can email us at wrdpod at gmail.com or you can DM us at yeah. Instagram at wrdpod. We made it easy for you. Yeah. So stay tuned and enjoy. Bye. Bye. I, I love when I learned that I've been mispronouncing people's names wrong because it really helps me in the future. Like, I always thought it was Zendaya. Mm-hmm. And then people, I've heard that it's actually Zendaya. Same with Rihanna. Mm. People actually say it's Rihanna. And I've always said it wrong. So, trying to practice yes. Zendaya, Rihanna, Lisa. I yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's Lisa. No. Lisa. Yeah, I struggle with that sometimes because until I hear it from the mouth, of the person whose name it is, I never know who's correct. Right. So that's really good to know because mm-hmm. I don't know sure that ever. Zendaya. Zendaya. Yeah. Who's just good in everything. I know she's so talented. I recall watching her on the Disney Channel show, yes! the dancing show. Oh my god! I didn't even have cable, but I think I watched it with some friends or something. And have you seen The Greatest Showman? No, I think that's no, what no. it's called. Is she in that with Hugh Jackman? The Greatest yeah. Showman. Yeah. Yes. And mm. she. Um, she and Zac Efron are like a couple in it, but you know, mm. it's the same. They can't have each other because they're from different backgrounds, mm-hmm. but, and they have some really beautiful songs and scenes together. Oh my God. I wanted to bring that up when you said it earlier. So I had been watching The Nanny and that's like, what's The Nanny? Oh my God. It's a show from like the eighties and nineties. Oh, I was going to say, wasn't it? Isn't that an it older was old, show? old show. Okay. I just picked it because that was a lighthearted, like, let me just put it on. I want to decompress. And that show is a, it's hugely will they, won't they. There's like Mm -hmm. tension, but they're not acting on it. I know. But they drag it out for seasons, like years. But for whatever reason, we keep watching it. Yeah. I I feel like having that tension is exactly what keeps people watching it. I know. Which I'm very guilty of, but yeah, I know it is kind of funny. I get like, there's this whole thing in Hollywood how once like the leads finally get together, mm-hmm. it can really deflate yes. ratings for the show. Yes. But then it sucks because then all you see as a viewer is the lead up to a relationship. Yes. And then you don't see the, any the of relationship. the relationship. Yeah. We're talking about the common theme of how 
whole shows can be series based on the tension of people wanting each other but not being yeah, together. Yes. And then as soon as they get together, the ratings drop and there's mm-hmm. less viewers. But the irony is you never see the relationship. You just see the buildup. I have to say, like... This is a deep conversation <laughs> when I went to well, the bathroom. We were talking about Zendaya. <laughs> we were talking about Zendaya, and I was saying... No, Ted. And The Greatest Showman. Have you seen The Greatest Showman? Um, I saw the first 10 minutes and then fell asleep because okay. it was Christmas and I okay, ate well, too much food. I learned that you don't like music or cheesy <laughs> musicals. I think I could watch that one at work. I like movies where when you listen to the soundtrack later, you you love it even I more. I can handle some musicals. Yes. They just, I'm weirdly picky. No, no, and have not no a problem. I have a reason why I like no it. No judgment. I do like the relationship between Zendaya and Zac Efron in the show, though, okay. because she's from, like, a black, poorer community, mm-hmm. and he's from this, like, white, nice upbringing or whatever. But we were chatting about that yeah. after I talked about how to pronounce Zendaya. And then we talked about the theme okay. of, yeah, exactly. I haven't thought about that either, how certain books, b- I, and this has yeah, been the case mm-hmm. in books as well, how it's all about the lead up to the relationship. And as soon as they get together, people aren't interested anymore. Yeah. And like, okay, I don't know about you two personally, but I feel like there is a good bit that I probably have learned through whether it's TV shows, movies, whatever, because like at the end of the day, you only get so much info or insight into relationships like either yeah. through observation like you know it's not like you're gonna ask your friend like okay so like how do you like I don't know like there's some things that I feel like are portrayed well in media but you know you have to have movies and tv shows that actually get to that depth like I've heard critiques about in the office like Jim and Pam mm-hmm. how they showed way beyond that initial kiss and then thinking like they're interested mm-hmm. in each other. Like they really show a real relationship. Oh yeah. Go through its yeah, trials. Especially in the later seasons yeah. when it's hard. Exactly. <sighs> oh my God. That, that's such a good point. And I don't know me personally, I've experienced this in my real life. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because I've grown up watching this whole TV situation like, or if it's just mm-hmm. who I am, but mm-hmm. I have had situations with men where it's mm-hmm. like, about the catch well they won't they mm-hmm. about the catch and then mm-hmm. once we're actually together it's like mm-hmm. do i actually like who you oh. really are so, or Riley. was i just trying right. to like i feel like very much when i was younger, get in this relation yeah a lot when i, I was like younger in high school, in high school like especially i think and I knew, a little bit yeah. in college too mm-hmm. i'm like i don't think i ever actually liked you which is horrible to say and of course all these people are great no. and whatever well very not relatable great, but yeah. there were definitely experiences i've had that where i've like played it out in real life but maybe we're doing mm-hmm. that because that's what we because that's what i right. or read thought was supposed or to heard. happen yeah all the drama oh is god. in the leading up to it oh my mind is blown oh my god yeah i think of one situation where i was dating someone and they ended it a couple months in and i remember talking to my roommates at the time about it and they were like oh he is just scared like he definitely like there's something there he's just scared and I had no reference like I didn't I didn't know how to handle that situation Mm -hmm. and I really wasn't like I had reached the point I'm like I'm not gonna be convincing someone to stay with me like if they Mm -hmm. want to go they want out like there's the door yeah yeah, exactly because like that will always be there if it's not addressed like if they don't come on their own terms like and you know I don't know maybe if there was like something that i had watched or more experience like if i had known more people oh about like a present 
like an actual relationship versus the lead up yeah yeah yeah. I don't know I remember them talking like in this personal situation they had talked about like John Legend and Chrissy Teigen where Mm. John Legend at one point broke up with her because he didn't have enough time or something like that. yeah and she was essentially like no like you're not like we are not breaking up and I just had no basis for that at all you know do you want to talk about your book yeah sure (laughs) just like really an interesting topic that we can continue to talk about no it's fine i'm just trying to think like we're all over the map well at least i know when i was in middle school junior high high school it was a lot there was a lot of focus on like oh you got to get a boyfriend getting yourself a boyfriend Mm -hmm. but once you had one there was enough (laughs) there was no like now this is what you do now (laughs) it's like yes there or was even no hilarious. focus on that. It was just a focus on getting a boyfriend, Maybe that's why our country getting is a first kiss, is. getting like mm, whatever. Very much. Even oh just like having, like once you reach a certain age, like having a partner, being married. Obviously, that notion is challenged mm. in some communities, but you know, there's there's so much that it about like checking off the box rather than like what is coming out of this, you know? And it's like, is it coming from a possession standpoint where you're like, I have this, I have a partner, ta-da, they've like legally connected them. I got a boyfriend, I'm done. Yeah, (laughs) versus like, I thought about it and I want a partner because of X, Y, and Z and I found a partner that meets that or, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I have wondered that about some people I know if they Mm. are with the person they're with just to be with someone yeah. mm-hmm. or if they actually but to your point yeah. Jamie like we grew up like yeah. you said the priority was, the was like being with someone but I don't think that's changed necessarily 15 years later like look at our the world we live in and the priorities like all about how you look and your sex appeal and how much money you make it's like getting mm-hmm. there yeah but then like what do you do when you get there you know what I mean like I don't think it's You're just still middle school and yeah. high school I think I mean it's a, obviously a very personal and hard topic, but yeah. I mean, look at the relationships in our the world we live in. Yeah, you know, if not saying people should start thinking about this at age eighteen, but no, but it's that interesting. is something to think yeah, about for sure. And I, I think too, like you know, I can only speak to my experience in Seattle where we live, but like I'm, I'm gonna guess that there's translations in other areas too. But it just feels like by a certain age. In my experience, in my life, I feel like certain events become almost couple events. Like, there are certain circles Definitely. where I feel like I don't know that I'm invited because I'm, oh, like... Oh, yeah. I don't... Oh, yeah. I, or, like, in the past, like, well, you Well, but, know? I mean, you didn't grow up in Seattle, but I do think no. where you grew up was <laughs> even a lot more, I guess, progressive than the Midwest right. where I grew yes. up, where yeah. if you were 26 and not married. Oh, my. Wow. How, like, what's right. wrong? Right. Not what's, I mean, yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Why are you not? But it definitely has changed. Um, I get what you're saying, Sam, Lisa, even in, like, a very progressive city like Seattle, I think sometimes, yeah, it feels odd if you come as a single person. It's like, it's yeah. like you clearly feel like you stand out. And I think it's the age that we're approaching. And also, I think one of the hard things for me, whether I've been in a relationship or not, I think when I've been in a relationship, I've tried to keep this in mind and be like, don't just hang out with couples because it makes people yeah. who are single feel very isolated. And I've been right. on like on both ends of that before. Mm-hmm. So just like trying to keep that in mind. 
you know, because yeah. people are single for different reasons, you know, whether they're divorced yeah. or just mm-hmm. going through. A l- Anyways, you I never think know. No. Yeah. And I think it's remember uh, I've I think because a, a lot of my life I've been single. I've really tried to remember that when I've been in a relationship with someone, like yeah. including people mm-hmm. that are not paired off because uh, it makes sense. People like to hang out in pairs, but yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Like even in like a very progressive 2021 scene, sometimes it still absolutely feels Definitely. that way. And it's not like, it's not like you'd necessarily be ostracized, but they're different. I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely different. And well, don't I would think love people for that to be dispelled. treat single people differently or at least mm-hmm. like maybe yes. like feel awkward around them or it's like yeah. as me, I'm a single right now. Like if I'm hanging out with a bunch of couples, like I showed up. I want to yeah. be there. Like you yeah. don't need to act awkward around or me. Or there's like, more attention. I don't ab- care. Or there's more attention drawn to you because you're single. Yeah. About, like, yeah. Oh, he's or cute. like every time I, there are some friends who every time I talk to them and love them to death, but every time I talk to them, they're like, Tell me who you're dating right oh, now. Yeah. Tell me all the dates mm. you've gone on this yep. month. And I'm like, I yeah. can I just not? I'll yeah. tell you if I have something to tell I you about. Very, yeah, I had a very recent similar experience. I know it's in love, but it's like, why does that have to be the focus? Yeah, like, because right. I'm the single, and I understand, like, especially when it's in love for friends and people. That if no, you want to be there, but it, it can become like attention that you're that you do not want. It's like why? Right. Why is everything about me right now the fact that I'm single? Like there's right, there's right. More to me here. It's like there's an agenda <laughs> that mm-hmm. like okay, we gotta get you paired up yes. so that we can mm-hmm. cross like you know whatever right. it is. And I I get someone if you're in a partnership and you're like this is so great. I want all my friends to have that. I totally get like right. the love behind that. But then you as a single person let's say you're going to an event where there are a lot of people who are partnered up married whatever wedding. Yeah, a wedding mm-hmm. i don't want that to be like the defining characteristic <laughs> that right. everyone talks about like so right. how's the dating life like right i'm a human that's defined by more than my marital <laughs> um, status yeah. you know like, yes yeah i think definitely being the age i am just like being aware of that. And, yeah. you know, there's people that ask in genuine love and care because that is a huge part of our life. Yeah. Just because you are paired up now, like, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen <laughs> down the road. Like, exactly. And so, like, being mm-hmm. single can happen to you anytime at any point <laughs> in your life. Right. Doesn't make you less of a human, you know. Right. And I know people aren't necessarily going to it like, oh look at her like she's not complete yet like it's not like people are going in with that thought i think but some people think some that, people yeah yeah, mm. yeah so yeah. just a good reminder for all of us i think just to <laughs> I, I think it's not fun to have that as the additional like yeah. some like what defines you and yeah. other people like it's it's not an enjoyable thing and like if you are hanging out with a single friend and that's the only thing that's coming to mind dig deeper like find something else (laughs) they probably have other things they want to talk about this is what defines me yes i remember (laughs) like there was a friend where i feel like the only thing we knew how to talk about was Mm -hmm. relationships and that was equally problematic Uh like i mean i really like this friend but it's like we gotta reach outside mm-hmm. of this because i don't want this to be the only thing we talk about yeah. you know there are friendships that i have where i like notice the friendship thrives more when one of us is having relationship mm. problems oh my because, god like, preach i don't so know real. why yeah. for some reason we are like each other's go-to and i love mm-hmm. that but like 
I haven't been in a relationship for a little bit, so I haven't had to reach out for mm-hmm. help or advice. Mm-hmm. And, and she's in a very loving, stable, like great relationship right now. Mm-hmm. So she's not having to reach out to me. So like definitely in the last few months or years, like the, like our friendship has gone down because I'm like, yes, this yeah. is like how, who you are to me now. And like, that's sad, but I also don't know how to, no, I know exactly I, yeah. what you're saying. Like there's certain friendships that are based on yeah. mm-hmm. outside relationships. I also, for a long time, I guess subconsciously, like that was the only way I knew how to bond with people. Like mm-hmm. I like thinking back, I just I feel like that was the thing that I thought would bring us together, rather than realizing the effect that like or the the idea that other items can also be bonding <laughs> mm-hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like not so much that I was bringing drama into my life, but I would. It, it was like drama was the moment when I could like bond with friends. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. took me a long time to kind of see what was happening there because I don't want my whole life to just be like, well, <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> and rather than talking to the person involved, I'm going to dish to my right. friend about it. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's not a really healthy practice. Right. I think that's yeah. a very good point. I think, as an adult, that's something I've gotten a lot better at is like, okay, I've held resentment towards this person. What's going to happen? I right. learned this a lot like in counseling. It's like, it's actually probably very powerful and al- although maybe hard, maybe also easier than expected to go and talk to the person. Like something about it is, yeah, it's a lot. Just like really build it up scarier yes. in yes. your mind. And yes. just the you second spiral. you're there, it's just. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. still stressful, but. Yeah, when I was younger, I, I didn't do that. Yeah. And I've gotten much better about that mm-hmm. as an adult. And it really does help a lot. Yeah. It's so nice for someone to know what you're thinking. And that it's, out. I mean, I think it's healthy to have people that we're close to to be able to share things. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're talking about someone to someone else all the time, like, that's just, also, you're not going to feel good about it. So it's nice to be able to just to talk to someone directly. It just helps everything, I think. Yeah, agreed. You know, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't completely fix the situation, like, it just... I don't know. It feels like a, a weight <laughs> off your shoulders sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And it, it to me, there are two sides of that because I, I 100% agree with what you're saying. I do also understand that there are times where you want to share with a friend because you're like, I need to see if what I'm seeing is what somebody mm. else is seeing. Like, particularly when something is really baffling to you, when you're like, I really don't know how we got here. And it's hard because whoever you're talking to is only getting your side, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But, like, there are times where that can be helpful. But, you know, maybe that's the position that, like, a counselor or a therapist Mm -hmm. can take where it's like, I need to figure this out. Rather than, like, bringing in someone who maybe doesn't know the dynamic. And then you're coming in and you're venting and you're just like, I don't know what's happening here. And they don't know the whole backstory mm-hmm. you know and then they're trying to like give you advice and it's it gets messy yeah I think in my experience whether it's a therapist or a friend if there's something that I need to share with someone it's like I'm nervous about it or anxious about it just like telling someone beforehand yeah you know because I think any person can go in way too hot or maybe they go in too yeah. gently oh without God, even yes. being honest about things. Like that's my problem. Kind of I don't go in too hot, right. but I like try to downplay right. it. Right, and, and I like, think I'm the his- fact that mm-hmm. I'm even coming to you means yes. this should not be downplayed. Right. <laughs> yes, I think I'm historically that way as well. But I think if you can preface it with someone that you trust ahead of time, just as like a practice, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah. that's helpful. 
Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to approach people in, you know, an uncomfortable co- conversation, but I do think it's so helpful. And it's rewarding, too. There are friendships where I have been afraid to vo- and relationships in general where I've been afraid to kind of speak up on what's bothering me because I think I was just too insecure mm-hmm. about the relationship and so it was like well yes. if I bring up any issue at all like <laughs> they'll leave me or that'll be the end yeah. of that friendship or whatever mm-hmm. and what I've learned in some relationships is like bringing those items up are huge opportunities to really grow together they're difficult in the moment like right. And, you know, you don't, like, you don't really step away. It's not like you can, like, undo whatever that situation was. It's always there. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. When it's, like, a healthy dynamic and you two are really hearing each other, it can really, like, you can blossom after that, which is so worth it. Like, it, I feel like those instances where that has happened have been nice validation for any of those times when you're like, I'm going to be vulnerable and I really don't want to be because I just want to like be guarded <laughs> and be angry, you know? <laughs> like, Definitely. Yeah. No, yeah. I think, I think this is a, a very learned trait. Mm-hmm. That's very hard. Oh my God. I'm years, still bad at it. Years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not natural. Mm-mm. And I think it looks different with every relationship, right? Cause like yeah. I have some friends that are or family members or whatever. Very, very like highly sensitive and others yes. that would just want someone to be like more pragmatic and mm-hmm. more straightforward. So I think really knowing the person is helpful. I think also like you practicing the balance of e- between like you speaking out and being open completely about what you're feeling versus like cooling off and kind of getting mm-hmm. composed before you like that has taken years for mm-hmm. me personally to reach to like. I remember when I was starting to just be more honest because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just need to let you know. And I had Mm -hmm. a friend visit from out of town and I hadn't seen her in years and I was so excited to see her. And long story short, we didn't end up meeting because things just like kept Uh not working out schedule wise. And I full on just told her I was frustrated and right away. Uh, like after it had all happened, uh-huh. like I, I had texted her basically. And like, that was a big step for me to mm-hmm. not brush it off and act like everything yeah. was mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But then she didn't respond. And I, I realized oh, too, that was probably, a lot. Yeah. That was probably really confrontational when I like, from where I was coming from, I was like, I just need to let this be known. And like, we hadn't done that as yeah. a friendship before oh, that's very and that's that a big w- step yeah and, that and people don't know how to respond moment. when you respond differently i've right. had an experience like if you're i'm the type of person that like wants everyone to be happy and i'd rather be like the middleman who's helping everyone out mm-hmm. so if i need to confront someone about something and i've done this with in different relationships People don't know how to respond sometimes, yeah. especially when you're used to being like the one that's like, yeah, I'm going to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you with your mm-hmm. problems. But it's I mean, I'm sure I mean, I don't know your scenario, Lisa, but I'm yeah. sure it was good that you were honest. But it was probably really jarring because it's really yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if it was like over a text or something where it's like, yeah. well, no, 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 no. I'm not downing you yeah. for doing it over text. I mean, if that's your option, because your guys are long distance friends, right. that's what it has to be. But I feel like in that situation, when you're not used to it, like if someone does that to me, it could take me a day or two to like know how to respond to what I'm going to say, especially when tone is a whole, oh, tone is a whole. Text is hard because you don't know, uh, you know, 
all the punctuation and, well, and exclamation points. Right. And like, and you're you know trying I mean? like, you don't know their tone. And then mm. on the receiver side, too, sometimes you don't know the words to match what you want to convey. Like, yeah. if I had yeah. received that text and was just like, damn, I really, I upset her to the point that she finally mentioned it. And I don't really know what I can say. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because it is what it is. Like, it's, it's hard both now, ways. Like, yeah, yeah. Totally. I feel like when you just want everything, when you want to seem relaxed over text, you just add an exclamation point to the end of everything. Like, yeah. great. Yep. Oh and my so God. I feel like if for whatever reason I want to relay that it's everything is not great, I respond, but just don't put an exclamation point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you, you guys do this, but people have told, told me this my whole life, and I know this is true. Like, sometimes I will... And this has nothing, I did this as a kid, just like pretending I was having conversations with people. (laughs) I remember being literally on my dirt bike and being like buzzing around and pretending having conversations. But I also do this sometimes in preface for something. I don't know if you guys do this this back to like the confrontation or hard conversations. Because I absolutely do this where I I try to like start verbalizing out loud what I would say. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I play through the scenario before it happens. A million times. (laughs) Yeah. And it's hard because I think I've read or heard somewhere that like when you go through that exercise, it's kind of similar to like when you have that in a dream where like you really are emotionally. It's like you've already had that argument with them, Mm -hmm. but you're having it with yourself Versus like the anticipated Version responses of, of yes. people. And you don't yes. know how it's going to go. No. But from a survival standpoint, you're like, I want to go into this and not be blindsided. Exactly. You know? Or at least for me, like sometimes I don't feel like I know exactly what to say. Like even coming yes. to the podcast, I'm like, what words do I use? Mm-hmm. So just like having some like some preface in terms of what you can say yeah. is is helpful what I end up doing sometimes especially when it's something that I'm I get really emotional about and even when I've cooled down when I think about it it just like ramps me back up I end up writing down my feelings because what I get worried about at by the time that I actually talk to this person about them is what you guys talked about before where I've now downplayed it Mm -hmm. I've come up with some reasoning and I just kind of shelve my emotions or I forget what I was feeling Mm -hmm. and so I end up having to write down a to help me remember why it was so triggering or whatever that's very and then like help me unpack why I'm getting frustrated because there are definitely times when I get really upset about something and I don't right away understand why that upset me it actually feels like a small thing that was a lot of you know (laughs) yeah like that was like are we just upset because we don't have control in this situation? And like when I start to sit with myself and unpack it, I'm like, there are other things here that like are contributing to this, you mm-hmm. know, it's a good practice. It's still, Oh my God. It's, it's hard to work through stuff like that. It's, I mean, I like we talk about years in this being like a thing you really have to practice. Like I feel like I grew a lot in my twenties on this Mm -hmm. and I am still growing. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's been a decade plus of Mm -hmm. like going through this and having times where it doesn't go well and it fucking sucks, but Mm -hmm. hopefully it Mm -hmm. just leads to a future point where it does go well. Uh, (laughs) I'm still very early in this journey for me. So, uh, it's it's been a lot and a a lot lot of like, 
Ted, honestly, it, I think initially was a lot of like TED Talks and mm-hmm. things that were like gathering info to even understand where I was coming from mm-hmm. in some of this. And then just like Brene Brown, like I don't Honestly, know, it takes Brene a village. Brown, yeah, I think she's opened up like all of our hearts <laughs> yeah. trauma yes. just to be like, yes, I'm heard. Yeah, I think there's just a lot more resources. Probably I'd say in the last since I've graduated from undergrad, so more than five years, were just like people revealing pain and trauma and experiences, and yeah. hurt is normalized, and it's yeah. like, whoa, okay. And so now a lot of us are now able to start verbalizing and engaging in some of these things and then dabbling and talking about it mm-hmm. oh it's so nice I yes. mean there's yes. still so much work to do but that reminds me of like these past few weeks have been the Olympics and everything mm-hmm. with Simone Biles sitting mm-hmm. out yeah. and like having the twisties and everyone talking about that mm-hmm. I mean I feel like especially honestly listening to michael phelps talk about simone biles feelings because michael has like actively come out and said he was suicidal and like a lot of anxiety after an olympics and he does a lot with mental health now with like athletes Mm. and like there's still it's true that now we can talk a lot more about things but there is still so 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 much stigma yeah. stigma and like things that need to be said that absolutely yeah. oh yeah it's we still are not at a been said i mean yet. yeah yeah i know i feel like i'm in a bubble sometimes just like being in the company of other people who are also listening to similar content oh, or like exactly. going on similar journeys i was journeys. talking to my mom yeah. the other day and just randomly about the olympics and i was we were talking because I used her um, YouTube TV to watch it. And mm-hmm. I, like, put a lot of recordings mm-hmm. on there. So I was like, hey, sorry, I blew up your DVR. Mm-hmm. Like, my bad. <laughs> and she was like, oh, it's fine. I, like, didn't really watch the Olympics. I watched the open ceremonies. And then I was going to watch the gymnastics. But then I just, like, didn't understand the whole Simone Biles and, like, her tantrums. So then I oh just, like, God. couldn't watch anymore. And I was like, oh, mother. Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> okay. Have a tantrum. Well, good to know that, like. Someone out there is, like, yeah. still yeah. not understanding. Definitely. Or I don't know if you guys have this experience, but sometimes I feel like, okay, great, we're in rhythm. It's a very safe PC thing to talk about your experiences yeah. now. Where you get almost too comfortable in a situation, and then, mm. like, you then, like, have to step back. Because you're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have had that experience. Yeah. You, like, start feeling really comfortable, like, I mean, this is a great example, and you guys are not the bad example. <laughs> I'm very comfortable right now, but, like, if mm-hmm. you are kind of in a groove where you start feeling comfortable and then you overshare or mm-hmm. you relate to someone mm-hmm. verbally. Yeah. But that seems so unnatural because of our upbringing that mm-hmm. you then are like, oh, no. I shared too much. Yes. Must back off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shut and down the rest mm-hmm. of the day. Mm-hmm. That's definitely happened to me. Yeah. I think our generation specifically, I think I'm a couple years older than you guys, but... I do believe that we are this very interesting generation between different generations yeah. where like we learn to communicate without cell phones and all of that. And I don't think I'm above people that are 15. I think a lot <laughs> of people our age act that way, but it's like we're all addicted to our phones. Yeah. Not yeah. like we're yeah. better than them, but it's beyond us. Thankfully, yeah. But thankfully we had like experiences beyond, I mean, before phones mm-hmm. and then our parents generation, you know, is clearly very different than ours in terms of what we share and what we talk about and experiences and 
Yeah, just a very interesting dynamic, I think. Yeah. I think even just bringing awareness to boundaries. I mean, I can't speak for our parents. That feels kind of groundbreaking mm-hmm. in itself, you know, because mm-hmm. I think there were a lot of times in my past where maybe I felt something subconsciously mm-hmm. and probably I, I think I just judged myself on it. Like yeah. I was oddly uncomfortable when it's like that was actually just like a boundary being pushed that you didn't know and you didn't like you weren't vocalizing because you were in a situation where you felt comfortable and didn't think you needed to, you know. Yeah, I do really appreciate how far we've come in the last, let's say, 10 years. I mean, this is kind of a silly example, but like, as I've maybe mentioned before on the pod, like I got back into tennis this year after not doing it for years. And it was such an eye opening experience to realize where I was when I played tennis in high school and what was available knowledge wise for skill building versus Mm -hmm. where I am now, where like where so many of us are, where you can just look up something on YouTube and get a yes. bunch of feedback. I'd and love to play tennis with you, by the oh way. Oh, my God. I played yes, last week. Please, please. Please. I Do we all play tennis? Yeah, yeah I took yes. up tennis in, like, January. So we oh, I oh, my God. Yes, please. I played all of high school, and I played very little. I'm, like, not good, oh, but well, I will, I'm, yeah. I'm not good play, anymore. We can play, like, doubles. Cat will play with it. Like, okay, yes. I'd love to play. Okay, oh that God. sounds great. Yay. I'm kind of in the middle. So, like... I played in high school, but was always an alternate. I just could never get my serve consistent enough. Mm. My serve is bad. <laughs> in real talk, I think it was just a lot of mental. But then, okay, but here, oh my God, yeah. I'm, I'm adjusting my seating. So <laughs> I found out this year through my YouTube searching and just like diving back into it that I had my grip wrong. Yeah, you have for to tennis. move it towards, you have to move it in. I, well, I had. <sighs> I get, I like I it like makes me laugh how wrong I was like yeah whatever I have a a bunch of top spin on mm-hmm. my spin and so I actually yeah I needed to turn the racket right. more and I for some reason just like I I may have tried that like once or twice but never consistently right. and so I would like hit two balls and be like well that must not be it and just mm-hmm. like just would disregard the idea altogether and didn't realize until this year. 2021 like over a decade later (laughs) that I just had my grip wrong like so many other things were spot on but I I basically reconstructed my entire forehand and all of that was thanks to YouTube and then me like (laughs) practicing on my own but like I was in the dark like in high school and I remember being so frustrated because we lived before YouTube oh oh my god (laughs) y'all it was so we didn't know we didn't know how (laughs) how much better it it could be information wise in some respects but I used to get so frustrated because I wasn't I just thought I wasn't meant to do this sport but I loved it so much and I think that's very similar with like a lot of the growth and things that maybe mm. people feel and don't understand the background to where then when you listen great to, yeah, like metaphor. when you listen to figures like Brene, but like so many other people mm. and you start to get that information and that data, you see like, A, you're not alone. B, you might not be the only one going through this and see like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's mm. just something mm-hmm. different, you know, mm. like, And I'm just so thankful for the bazillion different videos and articles 
that are at our disposal to kind of help bridge that gap once people start to look into it, you know? Oh my God. I don't know if you guys feel this way. I feel sometimes that my biggest flaw in terms of, not flaw, but just like something I could improve upon is because there's so much outside information, I feel overwhelmed about what to mm. choose. And then because I'm whether scrolling or Googling or reading tons of different books, the hardest time for me sometimes is just like slowing down. Yeah. And like, it's like, and I'm a person that I like try to practice prayer and I have a really hard time sometimes slowing down to practice prayer because then I have to pause my mind and mm-hmm. my mind's always going, but yeah. just always. Totally. So to slow down and what, it, regard, you know, regardless of what that looks like for you, I think a lot of people practice meditation mm-hmm. because there's so many outside resources. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling this. Let me Google, see what this is. If I'm feeling this, like without just literally slowing down. Mm-hmm. And I used to do that, you know, pre cell phones and everything so much more than I do now. And I think when I do that more than I, understandably understand myself more in other situations but i don't pause enough sometimes mm-hmm. this is when i why i want to get back into reading because i feel like reading you like absorb the book and you like become it versus yeah. like some internet hit or something you're watching but i think i'd relate to a lot more of what of some of those things if i paused and just like remained with your thoughts which yeah. is very uncomfortable to do absolutely yeah very <laughs> yeah. being with your uh, thoughts is definitely not fun and especially like in 2020 world and beyond it has been hard at times to sit with that Mm -hmm. I I've gotten more comfortable with sitting with myself I there's there's one time I'm thinking probably in like 2019 where I ended up like I really just sat with myself and like went down a trail of thought to the point where like I was trying to figure out what was bothering me about it and to me, that that is such a clear example of a time when I really paused and listened to myself because so often I'm I'm very much like you are saying, like, I don't like mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. If it's just like I'm not ready to unpack that, I'm not ready to mm-hmm. find out what's behind it or I'm just not thinking about it. You know, life is fast paced, but you're so right. It's it is so hard to pause and to really yes. listen to yourself, you know. It's very, I think it's just not custom to how this world works right now. Like we all, like I was thinking about this the other day. I was at a store waiting for my computer to be fixed. And I was thinking it's uncomfortable for me to feel like I shouldn't, that I'm not looking at my phone to just like sit around and look around. Felt like something about it felt like insecure. See, I'm like, that looks so weird. Yeah. Like I need something to do. Not look at my phone. I'm fine with not looking at my phone. But I had an actual like I was alone in my own home so Mm -hmm. it's not a big deal but I had like a hissy fit tantrum the other day because I could not find my ear pods Mm -hmm. and I needed to walk to the grocery store for five minutes to Mm -hmm. just buy like two things and I was like Mm -hmm. I can't be in the store anywhere in public Mm -hmm. I can't go on a walk Mm -hmm. for 15 minutes to the grocery store and back Mm -hmm. without having something to listen to I don't want to be alone with my thoughts like I'm fine with who I am but I was like I need something to listen to Mm. and I literally spent maybe an hour and a half looking for my airpods so I could walk to the grocery store and back isn't that crazy 20 minutes and something about it for me was it would look weird for me to just be sitting Mm mm-hmm 
Like I totally everyone else hear is doing that. something. And at, at one point I purposely stopped. I was like, who, who cares? If and everyone like, else is doing something, they're not going to see yeah. them doing nothing. Right. But it becomes a weird social norm yeah. where it's like, if I'm not actively engaging with someone, or I'm looking phone. at my phone. And if I'm not yeah. walking or driving, if we are just like, happen to be in a space where people are standing and people aren't talking to each other, mm-hmm. you need to have your head in your phone. Like, yeah. I don't know if other people experience that. I definitely feel that. Definitely. And have, like, taken out my phone out of impulse and then put it back because definitely. I'm like, what am I doing this for? Like, yeah. just like what you're saying. I, like, would think myself as someone that's like, no, you don't need to do what everyone else is doing. But in that example the other day, while I was waiting at the Apple store, ironically, for my computer, <laughs> I was like, it also was kind of taking a while. And I was like, well, I can just distract myself on my phone. And it looks weird if I'm just sitting here doing nothing, which is what we have done for thousands years. of years. <laughs> or engaging with people. Even. I know. Like, what? Like, how did we develop to the point where we're like, it looks weird if you're not actively in your phone? Like, just mm-hmm. sitting and looking off into space. We've done that for decades. Um, oh, my. Did they keep stopping? Oh. A minute. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that is an uncomfortable yeah, situation. Yeah. For some reason, <laughs> if you're in a small <laughs> space, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it because like you're very well aware, especially if it's you and like one other person. Yeah. And it's taking yeah, a while. I don't know if it's social anxiety or what, but it's like if I don't look at my phone, I'm gonna say something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, make like some grunt or some like, hey, or like some one. Is this how our love story begins? (laughs) Is this the moment? (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I know it is. I usually say like one thing I feel like to make it like break the ice. Just like I'm sure you guys have heard about the the experiments where people walk in and like face the opposite. Yeah, face the people in the elevator. Do you know what I'm talking about? I can't like people do that as like social experiments where like if you're standing here, someone walks in and faces yeah see i feel very confident that if someone came in and looked i would not yeah i i think i would just pull out my phone and act like it wasn't happening i think i would just assume like they're going through something like grin same i feel like i heard duck shepherd or one of those people doing that sometimes murder me in this elevator i mean why is that the irony is like, why is that so socially uncomfortable for us? Yeah. What like, we're not comfortable <laughs> facing like, humans. When there's like five people in yes. there, it's very different from when it's just one on one. If and five people all like walk and be like, hey guys, like, yes. there are there are very particular social settings where I I just don't understand why our human like instinct is that way. Like the elevator is really weird when it's just you and one other person. <laughs> and then like walking sometimes like if you're on a sidewalk walking and someone is like just behind you or just in front of you like there's some weird dynamic and you're like there has to be at least some distance you can't walk right by each other yeah but like you know of each other and it's like are you gonna pass should i stop (laughs) and then if you're unaware of the other person they're like i'm passing you're just like oh hey like yeah it's so weird you're what, so right what led to but this the thing is i think it's very specific to where we live like as americans in first world mm-hmm. countries i think that's i think it's very specific i think you go to other parts of like you go to china and oh people are like literally in your face and like coughing in your face and like no one thinks less that is such a good point like 
the even just the American mentality. So I think about like when I walk on the street with my boyfriend and we pass someone like he's from, he's from a country in Africa. And so it is not culturally baked into him to like smile and nod at that person. And I'm over here like doing this weird, awkward. I don't know if it's a white person thing or like an American <laughs> thing, but the like the nod and the smile just like, hey, I see you. You know, like I feel like it is so subconscious where I feel like I need to do that. And he doesn't. And I'm like, you know, hey, like this might be a good idea. Like, why don't you do that? And he's like, I don't need to, you know, and like, yeah. I don't know what it is. I feel like you have to do it for him almost. No, 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 no. I do it like whether or not he's there. Yeah. But I I think I've become more aware of me doing it in the past year. Because if his norms are so different, like socially. Right. And I for sure don't want to be like, I don't want him to have to assimilate. Like if this is what's normal to him, then like keep on doing that. What I'm doing increasingly seems weird to just be like making this weird eye contact and nod with strangers Definitely. but somewhere along the line that was baked into yep. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> yeah yeah social oh norms goodness. especially in different countries or like very different subcultures is very interesting like you go to different states in like in our country and it, oh. things are so different yeah very much i was very nice and polite to people on the street in the midwest and now if here if i talk to someone i'm like ew gross get away oh my from God. me i don't want to talk to you <laughs> give me my headphones truly well this was right. very enjoyable yeah. thank you for coming i um, feel like we had amazing conversations. so good come back any we can time. just you're welcome yeah i'm so honored it's so fun welcome. to have an excuse to hang out with you guys it was, it nice was great. You on here. It was yeah. so nice to chat. Thanks. Right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Thanks everyone, yes. for tuning in. Let us know what you <gasps> thought about yes. this episode. Send an yes. email. To Do you like guests? WRDPod at guests? Do you like me? <laughs> We're also on <laughs> Instagram. Only send <laughs> kind things about Blair. <laughs> yeah, no bashing. <laughs> yeah. No. No one but yeah, reach out to us, <laughs> email or via like, Instagram. Like, review, subscribe, or hell isn't that yeah, the thing? snail Wait, mail. We love snail. Oh yeah, send us <laughs> physical mail to do no address. Yeah, just, we do not have an address. So. TBD, TBD. Just send it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Pick an address, yeah. send it. <laughs> yeah. All right. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Links from today's episode can be found in the show notes on our website, whatyourreadando.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that piques your interest or you want to share, email us at wrdpod at gmail.com. Maybe we'll feature you on the pod. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and also on Instagram at wrdpod. Follow us to stay up to date on future episodes. Like, leave a review, tell a friend. You get the idea. Music for this podcast was created by Kalindo. Find him on Instagram at The Real Kalindo. Stay inspired and we'll see you next week. <laughs>